Hey everyone, Saltgrass Steakhouse is now open in Mishawaka. Wrangle up the crew and head down to Saltgrass Mishawaka for an unforgettable experience. Sink your teeth into mouth-watering char-grilled, certified Angus beef steaks. Sip on ice-cold craft cocktails. And don't forget to try the famous Spicy Range Rattlers, all made daily in the Scratch Kitchen. Start making delicious memories at Saltgrass Mishawaka, 5126 North Main Street, across from Lazy Boy Furniture Galleries. Dine with us today. This is WSBT's Community Update on 96.1 WSBT. I'm John Hoffman. A new coronavirus testing site opened this week in St. Joseph County that will decrease wait times and increase the number of tests in the county. The new location at the St. Joseph County 4-H Fairgrounds is a state testing site. It will mean a shorter line, so it won't take as long to get through, and it will mean more tests are able to be done in St. Joseph County. This is at the 4-H Fairgrounds in St. Joseph County. That's where I am this morning. You can see the facility behind me. These are the places where the cars will drive up. They'll stop. They'll be tested underneath. Take a look at your screen. This is a list of the times that this will be open. You can see on Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays, the site will be open from 8 to 4. And on Tuesdays and Thursdays, it's open from 11 to 7. Saturdays from 8 to 1, it will be closed on Sunday. The big key is that you need to make sure you register beforehand. I'm here with Melissa Simchek from St. Joseph Health Systems. How crucial is that registration before you even pull into the parking lot here at the fairground? It will drastically reduce the wait times. If patients register online, they go to www.coronavirus.in.gov, put in the zip code, find the site. If they do the appointment time, they pick it, they schedule their appointment, and then they will receive a link via either text or email. If they take that and they complete the registration when they pull up, All we have to do is check them in, swab, and go. So that process really will improve times. We've seen long wait times at other places and other facilities, including sometimes into the the streets. This is opening today because of some of that. Yes, we did have real big constraints with our parking lot going into Bodner Boulevard at Elm Road. With the fairgrounds, we're going to be able to have a longer line and be able to divide it into the two lanes, which will really help us get through patients faster because we'll have two swabbers. And of course, more testing is really crucial to getting this under control. Absolutely. We do have a lot of asymptomatic positives out there. Patients are sick. We, we want to get as many in as we can. All right. Thank you so much, Melissa Simchek. Again, this is the St. Joseph County 4-H Fairgrounds. You're going to want to register before you even get here. Once you arrive, you go in gate one, you'll be funneled around the parking lot, and then you'll enter into this place where you'll get tested. Bring your ID and your cell phone. WSBT 22's Kristen Bean reporting. So how much did Thanksgiving travel affect the spread of the virus, and when do we start seeing coronavirus vaccinations locally? St. Joseph County Deputy Health Officer Dr. Mark Fox stopped by WSBT 22's first in the morning again this past week to answer some of those questions. You had said that this would be about the time we start to see the fallout, if any, from Thanksgiving gatherings and travel. Are we seeing any kind of impact? We are seeing a a modest uptick in cases. It's been a little hard to sort out because... You may be aware that the state uploaded a month's worth of of results last, I think it was last Thursday. So they showed us having 850 new cases on Thursday. It looks like about 550 of those were results from across the month of November. So there were 300 new cases, which is a little higher than we'd been um, 
in the period before Thanksgiving, and we've been hanging out somewhere in the 270, 280 cases per day. So still a significant number of cases and a little higher than we were just before Thanksgiving. Yeah, you mentioned that the dump of, of back lab results. It seemed like maybe we were kind of heading in the right direction and then we got those numbers. How are our hospitals doing as we start this week? So the hospitals also have improved modestly. It's certainly nothing to brag about, nothing to hang your head on, but, but we have seen at least a little bit of movement on the hospitals. With this Thanksgiving uptick, though, we may still see um, some increased hospitalizations over the next 10 days to two weeks. One thing we've noticed is that before Thanksgiving, the number of cases had improved more dramatically than the hospitalizations had improved. So the slope of those curves is a little different. Now, of course, the big news this week is that we might possibly have a vaccine coming out at the end of the week. A lot of people have a lot of questions about the vaccine. We've gotten many questions for you this morning. I guess, first of all, what are you hearing about the vaccine for our local community? So, you know, the meeting about the emergency use authorization is on the 11th, but the earliest that we would expect vaccine to ship locally would be probably December 17th, so still several days later. But we may have vaccine available in the community before Christmas, so that's great news. Do you know how many vaccines we will get? We're expecting 975 doses in the first shipment if all goes as planned. So we'll get that amount each week over a series of weeks until the next vaccine is approved. Now the vaccine is two doses per person, so does that mean only half of those doses will be given out that first week? Now all those doses will be given out because it'll be three or four weeks later before people would need the second dose. But people have to get the same uh, dose from the second dose from the same manufacturer but we're not going to hold back doses for that second dose we'll distribute those from the uh, subsequent shipment so that first shipment that 975 that would be the Pfizer vaccine and then if the Moderna vaccine gets approval that means we'll see even more each week we should see even more each week you know, hopefully by the end of the year certainly the early part of January if all goes well do you, have you heard anything about side effects the side effects that have been reported thus far are similar to what you get with any other immunization. So soreness at the site, but fever, fatigue, headache, muscle aches, joint aches. One of the interesting things is that there's a higher rate of, of those same side effects with the second dose. So it's fairly mild with the first dose, probably a little bit worse with the second dose, but still all in the, in the realm of what we would expect with almost any other immunization. And this will be eventually a shot that we'll have to get each year. This isn't a one and, and done type of deal. It's still not clear how long the protection will last. So I don't know that we know the answer yet of how often we'll need a booster for this. People who have had coronavirus, will they need to get the vaccination? Yeah, that's been an interesting question. But again, we don't know how long the protection from a natural infection lasts. And so our recommendation is that even if you've had it, that you should get, even if you've had an infection, you should get the immunization. We know that first it'll go to the nursing home residents and uh, our healthcare workers, eventually people with high risk. When do you expect locally in our community for it to go out to the general public? In the spring, you know, earlier we had thought probably not until summer. Now it looks like it could be even by April, uh, if all goes well, that we may begin to have some general population distribution. A lot of people on social media saying, they're not going to get it. Is that a concern of yours? You know, there's one group of kind of dedicated vaccine resistant folks. We're not going to convince them. 
I can appreciate that there's another group of people that feel like we don't have enough data yet, um, and yet this is really the best protection that we have. Um, so I, I understand the concern. I think the once we see the actual data, um, we'll have a lot more to go on, but we'll also accumulate a, a lot more data as millions and me, millions of people get the vaccine. So we will continue to learn about this as we go, but I, I think this is the best protection that we can offer right now. How many people do we need to get it, or at what point do we get to go back to normal lives? Well, the idea of herd immunity is when about 70% of the population either has had the natural infection or has immunity through the vaccine. So we have a long way to go, probably late into 2021 before we reach that level, I would expect. Deputy Health Officer Dr. Mark Fox with Leanne Tokars on WSPT 22's First in the Morning. Local liquor stores are seeing an uptick in business during the pandemic. That reflects a recent national study showing Americans have been drinking more this year compared to last. The frequency of drinking increased by about 14 percent from 2019 to 2020. The Journal of the American Medical Association report indicates that could lead to health consequences. But even as alcohol sellers are seeing a boost, a general manager I spoke with and addiction expert are encouraging safe consumption. Citywide Liquors at South Bend is reporting a huge increase in sales compared to last year. We've seen a rise, especially with, uh, with parents being at home with their kids. So I think uh, drinking a little bit more, um, especially with the holidays now. General Manager Pat McLaughlin says some of the biggest sellers are whiskey, tequila, and craft beer. So those have been going out pretty good for us. Sharon Burden is the executive director of the Alcohol and Addictions Resource Center in South Bend. What we're finding is that we're getting calls from people that... Um, for those who already have a substance use disorder, we know that it's been very isolating for them. Uh, support in the community is really helpful to people in recovery. She says this year has been a challenge that most of us haven't ever had to deal with, including working from home. Burden says you should feel empowered to express concern if you notice a loved one drinking more. Sometimes it means they just need to sit back and really take a look at what are they doing and how are they doing things now that they wouldn't have been doing a year ago. A step that can help you manage your drinking, measure each glass. They eyeball what they think is a glass of wine, and it's typically, they've underestimated how much they're drinking. So that's one place where people can start is by just measuring how much liquor or wine they're drinking. And if you choose to drink, do it responsibly and safely. Don't overdo it, especially around this time of year. The hospitals are full with people right now, so please you know, be aware of that. Just don't get sick, and also don't drink and drive. The Alcohol and Addictions Resource Center can link you with resources in the community, including performing an assessment or helping you find the type of support, including treatment that you need. WSBT 22's Caroline Torrey reporting. Spotty heat and hot water and stoves missing from half the apartments. That's what residents have been dealing with at Rabbi Shulman Plaza Apartments in South Bend. Residents at the Rabbi Shulman Plaza Apartments have been scared and confused. They were told more than a month ago that their building was unsafe to live in. They got more information today on when they'll have to move out, but they're still waiting for more. In the event that those boilers go down, you will be homeless in an apartment because you won't have heat. Tia Cauley did not mince words when it comes to the state of the Rabbi Shulman building. She says six weeks ago, none of the residents had hot water, heat, or working stoves. At this point, half still don't have a way to cook. We know that only thing can happen is the weather can get worse. 
But Coley did make clear she's working on getting help for those who live here. She says Section 8 vouchers would be the best thing that could happen to them. You can go to over 50 states that we have to help get you there and as well as giving you relocation money and giving you your security deposit back. Rodney Gadsden is the president of the South Bend Tenant Association, which is representing the Rabbi Shulman residents. His big concern is the fact that Cauley is only the interim director. Her replacement starts in the beginning of January. The follow-through is the thing that I'm most concerned with. He says the confusion that these residents have dealt with for the past month cannot continue. If we communicate better, I think this, this whole situation can, can go smoothly. That's a promise Cauley seems prepared to make. We will be here for you from the beginning to the end. And I can guarantee you that on uh, behalf of the South Bend Housing Authority. One thing Colley would not discuss today was the future of the Rabbi Shulman building. She says she just doesn't know. Colley told residents that the city needs to conduct an inspection of the building to see which repairs are needed and which are affordable. WSBT 22's Caitlin Conan reporting. A change in leadership is coming up at the Elkhart County Health Department. Health Officer Dr. Lydia Mertz will be retiring at the end of the year. Preparations for the transition are well underway. Dr. Mertz notified the Board of Health this summer that she was planning on stepping down at the end of the year to enjoy more time with her family. But the change in leadership is coming at a difficult time for the county with the coronavirus. But Mertz is doing what she can to make sure her successor is well prepared. After small improvements in cases and hospitalizations in Elkhart County, the numbers are starting to go back up. Health Officer Dr. Lydia Mertz says the positivity rate has gone from around 14% to 18% in just a few days. The way to get that down is for us to do more tests, uh, to catch people who are infected early and have them quarantine or isolate before they spread the infection around. Mertz expects Elkhart County will be back in the state's red category this week, but in 25 short days, Mertz will be retiring and handing the reins over to someone else. We want to be able to travel and uh, hike and, and do things that we've put off for so very many years when when you're working as a physician. Even as the virus worsens, she says the county will be in good hands. The Board of Health has not officially named her successor, but expressed interest in Dr. Bethany Waite. Dr. Waite is a Goshen native who works for Goshen Family Physicians, and several board members said she'd be a good fit for the job. Especially going into a time where we need that kind of leadership and direction for an overwhelming vaccination program like we've not seen in our lifetime. Dr. Merck says she and Dr. Wade have spoken and she will be asked to start sitting in on meetings to make sure she's ready to go on day one. I'll be the only one leaving. Everybody else will still be there. Everybody else will still be there and I'm not leaving town. They can still, if there's questions or problems, I'm around. Now, again, there has been no official naming of Dr. Mertz's successor. However, the Board of Health did discuss that they will need to find more money to pay Dr. Wade a market value salary. The board did not say when they would make an official offer. WSBT 22's Max Lewis reporting. The views expressed on WSBT's community update are those of the guests and do not necessarily reflect the views of the host, WSBT Radio, its staff or management. Join us again next week on Community Update on the Sports Leader. 96.1 WSBT.
Hey everyone, Saltgrass Steakhouse is now open in Mishawaka. Wrangle up the crew and head down to Saltgrass Mishawaka for an unforgettable experience. Sink your teeth into mouth-watering char-grilled, certified Angus beef steaks. Sip on ice-cold craft cocktails. And don't forget to try the famous Spicy Range Rattlers, all made daily in the Scratch Kitchen. Start making delicious memories at Saltgrass Mishawaka, 5126 North Main Street, across from Lazy Boy Furniture Galleries. Dine with us today. 